Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. We just want to say welcome. This is part two of our series called Elevators. My name is Megan. My husband, Carrie, and I are the lead pastors here at the Movement Church, and we're just so excited that you're here with us today. How many of you have ever heard the expression, they just see life through rose-colored glasses? Anybody? Gosh, they just see life through rose-colored glasses. How many of you are the people who see life through rose-colored glasses? How many of you are annoyed with the people who see life through rose-colored glasses? If you don't know what I'm talking about, this cliche simply means, I looked it up, a person who has the ability to see the positive in things, to see with an unduly cheerful and optimistic attitude a favorable view of the situation, right? There's just some people who are able to view life through rose-colored glasses. In fact, on your seats today, the closest I could get you to rose-colored glasses are these rainbow glasses. If you could, Go ahead and find them for me and put them on. It's a way cooler view from up here because I'm actually looking at the lights. So turn your head to look at the sconces or if you can see those lights that are up here and see all the rainbow beams that shoot out. Isn't it amazing? Everybody say, ooh, ah, yeah. You want to you wanna watch the whole message through these glasses, don't you? Yeah, because it's going to be way more exciting. But don't do it. Go ahead and set them down. We'll, we'll come back to it in just a moment. You know, some people just have this ability to view life through rose-colored glasses, to see the rainbows, to see the, the great things in whatever is thrown at them. You know, Pastor Carrie and I love this movie. Um, maybe you're familiar with it, and I'm going to date myself here. But it's got a character played by Haley Mills. Anybody remember Haley Mills? Anybody? A few of you in this room are old enough to remember Haley Mills. And this movie is called Pollyanna. And if you've never watched the movie Pollyanna, it will fit in perfectly with the message today. So I'm going to challenge you to go and find this movie. I don't know how you're going to find it, but you can find this movie, Pollyanna. And in this movie, we see this little girl who was raised in a missionary family, and she was taught to play a game in every situation to handle the crazy that life throwed at her, threw at her, not throwed. (laughs) She was taught to play this game. And what she would do is she would see a situation that was frustrating or could be upsetting. And she'd play this game called the glad game. So when things would happen that were frustrating, she would find something good about that situation. Like if you have to have your tonsils removed, then you get to eat ice cream all day right? She had this unique ability to play the glad game in most situations. And I think that you and I could learn a few things from her, right? If you were here last week, Pastor Kerry talked about the power of perspective and how perspective shapes the context of life situations. If you weren't here, I'm going to challenge you to go and listen to that podcast because there was so much revelation. It was such an incredible message. He shared this, that our past experiences can shape our perspectives, that our expectations, whether unrealistic or unspoken, can shape our perspective. Our environment can shape our perspective. But when we recognize what is shaping our perspective, we actually can change the ingredients, right? 
And Pastor Kerry began to unpack for us last week how when we understand what has shaped our perspective, what kind of glasses we've been viewing life through, when we begin to understand that, we can change the ingredients. And the filter that we are created to use in shaping our perspective is the filter of the scripture. When the scripture begins to shape our perspective, then it changes the way that we see things, right? If you didn't listen to this message, you have got to go and listen to it. I'm just going to continue to build upon what he shared last week. You see, we cannot control our circumstances, but we can control our response to them. Let me say that again. And can I challenge you? If you have something to take notes on, today would be a great day to take notes. In fact, I'm going to give you so much information today. I'm warning you in advance. Take notes. It will help you stay focused on what I'm saying. So pull out your phone, get a notepad open, take some notes today. I'm promising you there's going to be some things that you're going to want to walk away and remember. Take some notes. We cannot control our circumstances, but we can control our response to them. This whole series, Elevators, talks about how others have issues, right? Because none of you in this room have issues. Others have issues, yes, but you have options, right? So how do we handle the crazy that life throws at us? Life throws us some crazy sometimes. So how do we handle and how do we respond to it? If you have your phones out, because I know you do, since I just told you to take notes, I'm going to go ahead and give you an opportunity. They're going to throw a slide on the screen that says text research to this number. And if you are the kind of person in the room that wants to dive deep into the study of facts, if everything I say today, if you're a cynic, you want to go and fact check me, text research to this number, and it's going to shoot you a link to the book that I'm using called Switch on the Brain by Dr. Caroline Leaf, and it's going to send you a link to a website that gives you every kind of reference you could possibly want for anything I'm talking about today. If you don't care and you're just excited to be in church this morning, you don't have to text research, but some of you are going to want this. You see, I want to talk today about how science actually corresponds with the Bible. See, God is the creator of the universe. He's the brilliant, creative creator of the universe. Everything that was made was made through him. So when we study science, we're actually just studying God's handiwork. We're studying his brilliance. We're looking at how he created things to work and to move, right? And so today, I want to use this research from Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a neuroscientist and has been in the field for over 20 years studying the function of the mind. And I want to talk to you about how science relates to what the Bible actually tells us about how we think and how we choose. Because last week, Pastor Kerry's message, he said, choose up. So let's talk today about how we're going to do that, right? So Dr. Caroline Leaf brings this study of how science and scripture match together. You see, God, the brilliant creator, created you in his image. You were created in the image of God. It's a brilliant thing. And he made you three parts, body, soul, and spirit, right? The spirit is the spiritual part of who we are. The spirit can either line up with the spirit of God or the spirit can be directed by flesh, by myself, what I want. The soul is actually the mind. 
The soul is our mind. Why? Because God, when he created us, he didn't make robots. He created you and me with this ability to choose. And we can choose good things or we can choose bad things. But he gave us the ability to choose. And we do that through our minds. The brain is actually a function of the body, just like an elbow or a finger or a toe. The brain is the function of our body. Therefore, the brain is controlled by our mind. Are you still with me? Yeah? I'm telling you, I'm going to give you lots of information today, but you're going to love how it relates. The brain is controlled by our mind. We have this ability to choose, and our choices affect our brain, and how we think, right? So that's what I want to talk about this morning. And before we go any further, and I overload you with information, I just want to take a moment, and I want to pray. And I just want to ask that whatever you walked in this room carrying, whatever preconceived thoughts or mindsets that you might have about this topic, I just want to ask you for the next 20 minutes, I'm preaching, so maybe 25 Would you just set that down and open up your heart to what God might want to say? Can you do this? Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus, I come before you right now. God, I thank you that you are the creator of the universe, that you are the creator of our our mind and our intellect. And God, as we come before you today and we study your word and we begin to see how we can apply it to our life, God, would you open our hearts Would you soften our hearts and our minds that we can hear clearly what you have to say, that it wouldn't be the words of my message, but God, that it would be your words directly to the heart of every individual that's in this room, because every single one of us is here in a different place. But God, you know where each of us is at. So would you speak to our hearts this morning? In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. As I was studying this uh, study of the mind, and I was beginning to understand how our mind actually directs our brain to think, I started looking at the anatomy of a thought. And I'm going to put some of this research up on the screen so that those of you who are visual, you can read it. And those of you who, are, uh, who like to hear things, you can hear it. I couldn't think of that word. Bear with me. <laughs> okay. When you think, when you think, you build thoughts And these thoughts actually become physical substances in your brain. When you are thinking right now, as you're thinking, whatever it might be, you might be thinking she's crazy and she's going to teach science and I've been done with school for a long time and I'm really over this. Just teach me what the Bible says. Whatever you're thinking right now, it's forming thoughts inside your brain. It's forming thoughts that are taking up physical substance in your brain and occupying mental real estate. We'll get there in just a minute. But Proverbs 23 verse 7 says this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There's something connected with how we're thinking and who we are becoming, right? There's something connected with how we are thinking and who we are becoming. As you think, you choose. And as you choose, you cause genetic expression to happen in your brain. Let me explain that. This means that inside your brain, you make proteins, not the kind of proteins you eat, cellular proteins, okay? Proteins, and these proteins inside your brain form thoughts, and these thoughts are real physical things that occupy mental real estate. In fact, I think that they're going to throw an image up on the screen that looks a little bit like a tree. 
Can you see this over here? And this is an image of a thought that is formed inside your brain. Neurons are firing and they're building these thoughts that actually look like trees. And these trees are constantly changing form. The branches and the leaves and the shape, it's constantly changing form. Why? Because our brains are neuroplastic. This is known as neuroplasticity. Neuro means brain and plastic means change. The thoughts that are being formed inside of our brains can actually change and are constantly changing based upon what we're thinking. Because as we think thoughts, these proteins are formed inside of our brain, building these trees, either toxic trees or healthy trees based upon what we're thinking, taking shape and taking form, and they're constantly changing inside our heads. This is actually what is happening inside of our minds. And attached to every single thought is actually an emotion. An emotion is attached to every single thought. Go ahead and throw that next slide with the picture of the leaf. Emotions actually in our brain look like raindrops on the leaves of a tree. Emotions in our brain look like raindrops on the on the tree, the leaves of the tree. They look like this, and they're represented in our, in our body in the form of chemicals. Isn't that interesting? I hope you're as interested in this as I am. I was like blown away as I was studying it. These emotions take on this form that look like raindrops on those trees, those thoughts that we're building, and those emotions take the form of chemicals inside of our body. As I was studying this, and here's one for you fact checkers, okay? The interesting fact I found was this, that 75 to 98% of illnesses are a direct result of our thought life. 75 to 98% of illnesses are a direct result of our thought life. But you can kind of get that, can't you? If every single thought has an emotion and that emotion is represented in the form of a chemical in our body. 75 to 98% of illness is a direct result of our thought life. That means that how we choose our thoughts actually matters. They directly affect the wiring of our brain, the shifting and changing of those thoughts that are being built in our brain. As I was studying all of this, I was just geeking out because I seriously am obsessed with like how science and the Bible go hand in hand. I'm just like, I was really geeking out. I I read so many things and I think every person I met with for coffee this week has heard a little bit of this message already because I was geeking out so much about how crazy it is that our bodies and science actually ties into the scripture. I don't know why I'm so blown away since God is the creator of our bodies, right? But I was blown away by this and I I was studying how, how these toxic thoughts can actually affect our bodies. And it says this, and I'm going to throw this up on the screen for you because this is um, something I studied out of Dr. Caroline Leaf's information. And it says this, that our bodies react to physical attack, whether it be by trauma or infection or mental alarm, which is stress, right? Our bodies react. So trauma, maybe you've experienced incredible loss. Maybe you've experienced something that has caused incredible pain. Maybe it's an an actual physical attack, something that you've experienced health in your body that is causing stress and mental alarm, right? Maybe stress is the loss of a job or struggling in finances, okay? But our bodies react to this physical attack, whether it be by trauma or infection or mental alarm, stress, in a similar fashion by a process called inflammation, We've heard of inflammation, right? 
Okay, so inflammation, go ahead and go to the next slide. You guys got that for me? I can't find my place on here. Inflammation involves different types of white blood cells and various substances, including many different types of cytokines. Inflammation, if short-lived, is beneficial. Okay, so inflammation can be okay for us. When we experience trauma, when we experience physical attack, when we get sick, our body automatically responds, right? So inflammation, if it's short-lived, it can be beneficial. However, if it's prolonged, it can physically damage the brain and the body. I just thought that was so interesting. If it's prolonged, so whether it's a, a trauma that we've walked through or a stress that is just continual, it can actually cause physical harm to the body. Because among the substances first released in this inflammatory process is the appropriately named C-reactive protein. Okay? The C-reactive protein is a five-part protein produced in the liver. Are you all still with me? told you I'm giving you lots of information today. The C-reactive protein is a five-part protein produced in the liver. Researchers have found that worrying, listen careful guys, researchers have found that worrying about a past stressful event, this is known as rumination, is associated with persistently high levels of C-reactive protein. So listen, when I'm constantly thinking about, ruminating on, I am so angry at that person who did me wrong, right? And if all I can think about is how I was mistreated, how that was unfair, how that situation is not right, and I'm ruminating on it, it's associated with this persistently high level of C-reactive protein in the blood, indicating chronic inflammation in the body. Chronic inflammation is associated with mental and physical disorders. Does this not blow your minds? That the way that we think, the emotions that we feel, the stress that tends to come to every single one of us is actually this process that is happening inside of our bodies because God made us this way. We cannot control our circumstances, but we can control our reactions to those circumstances. And it seems that those reactions can be measured by C-reactive protein. Let me say that again. We can't control our circumstances, but we can control our reactions. And we can actually measure those reactions by the C-reactive protein that is produced inside of our bodies, right? If we react the wrong way, we can damage the brain and the body. Listen, this scientific information blew my mind because it completely supports what the word of God says. And the word of God completely supports the scientific evidence in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, where it says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What is that saying? That's saying 
physically and scientifically, when we stress about something in particular, whether it's a hurt, a pain, a trauma we've experienced, anger that we have towards another person relationally, a loss, a stress financially, when we experience these things and we think about them constantly, it creates too much C-reactive protein inside of our bodies, which causes chronic inflammation, which can cause sickness in the brain and in the body. But the Bible gives us the answer because it says, do not be anxious about anything. Does it say you are never going to have problems? No. We talked about that last week, right? James 1, 2 through 4 says, consider it pure joy when you face troubles of many kinds. I think that's clear evidence. We're going to have troubles, right? So it doesn't say you're not going to have problems. It doesn't say you're not going to feel stress. It doesn't say you're not going to encounter trauma. It just says, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, pray. Pray. Talk to God about it. And be thankful. Play the glad game. Find something that you can be thankful about, right? Because what happens next? Peace will set guard around your heart like a soldier with a weapon. It will set guard around your heart and it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious. Pray. Play the glad game and be thankful and peace will guard your heart. The Bible gives us an answer to science. If we can respond correctly and choose correctly, then we can experience peace. I love Philippians 4, 8 through 9, and it continues like this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything that is excellent, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It's not saying there's not going to be stress. It's not saying you're not going to be angry. It's not saying that you're not going to experience and walk through loss. It's not saying that you're not going to feel pain. It's just saying, choose. If there is anything, everyone take a deep breath. (gasps) Let it out. God says you're welcome. You are breathing. You are living. If there is anything, you are breathing. You are here. You have clothes on your bodies. I hope all of you do. You got to church somehow today, whether in your own car or with someone else. If there is anything, think about these things. So it's not saying there's not going to be problems. It's not saying there's not going to be issues. It's not saying you're not going to feel depressed or you're not going to feel sad. It's just saying, choose. Think about these things. Remember, we are not in control of our circumstances, but we control our response. Listen, your mind controls your, bo- your brain, your body. Your mind controls your brain, not the other way around. Your mind is your soul. God made you with the ability to choose. When you think, you choose. You build thoughts, you say things, and then you do them. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What we think actually really matters. God designed you in his image 
You're brilliant. He designed you with the capacity and the capability. You are actually inclined to think with, a, with thoughts of love and not fear because you were designed in God's image. But somewhere along the line, fear creeps its way in and tries to distort our way of thinking. Maybe it's just how you were raised. Maybe it's situations that have happened. It's not the genetic wiring of your brain because God made you with the ability to choose. You choose thoughts. You form thoughts. That is our ability to choose. Whatever it might be, God wired you and created you in his image with the ability to choose. And that's why when we look at Romans 12 verse 2, it actually means something here. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. What kind of patterns? The thought patterns, the thinking patterns, the fear patterns. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Why? Because God knew when he brought the scripture to life that we as humans were created in his image with the ability to renew our minds. You are not a victim of your past. You are not a victim of your circumstances. Listen to me. God created you with the ability to renew your mind, to choose. It says this, the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. That's where when we allow the spirit that is inside of us to align with the spirit of God, it coaches us in how to choose so that we can form healthy thoughts, right? Spirit, soul, body. We have the ability to choose. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 says this, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to obey Christ. We have the ability to choose. We can renew our minds. We can choose to think the thoughts that need to be thought. It doesn't matter what kind of emotions might come because listen, every thought that you think has an emotion that's attached to it. And when an emotion moves from the subconscious mind to the conscious mind, then we develop this ability where we can choose. And the scripture would tell us that we actually have the ability as we feel a feeling, whether it's anger, loss, depression, sadness, frustration, jealousy, disappointment, discouragement, whatever it might be, we have the ability, we're going to feel it, but we have the ability to step outside of ourselves and tell our brains what to think. That is the power of the mind. We have the ability to step outside of our circumstances and tell our brains what to think and what kind of thoughts to be formed. Hey, listen, it's like this. I want you to picture in your head a train on a train track, okay? You've got this train on a train track, and when the engine kicks on, that train slowly starts to chugga, 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 right? Chugga, chugga. Thank you. We should try that again because not all of you are participating. Chugga, 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 chugga. Y'all are awake this morning. This is an awesome first service. Listen, it's like a train on a train track. You're going to feel emotion. Emotion comes with thoughts that we think you're going to feel emotion all day long. Sometimes the emotion is going to be awesome. 
It's going to be joy. It's going to be excitement. It's going to be just this overwhelming uh, expectation, right? Sometimes the emotions you feel are going to be sadness. Sometimes you might feel depressed. You might feel angry. You might feel disappointed. But our emotions are like a train on a train track. And when the engine kicks on, they start going. And those emotions lead us to think more thoughts. And if we're not careful, those emotions start picking up speed. And rather than our mind telling our brain what to think, we allow our feelings to tell our brain what to think. And that train picks up speed. And some of us have gotten to this place in life where we, we know that this is happening. We feel these crazy emotions coming in. We feel them picking up speed and taking over all the mental real estate inside of our minds. And we throw our hands up in the air and we go, I don't know how to drive a train. And then we run away and cower in the corner. Like, I can't drive this train. And the train picks up speed and picks up speed and picks up speed. And all of a sudden it becomes a runaway train, never coming back. Yeah. You like that? Nice. <laughs> Was it on pitch, Jeremy? No. Was, no okay, thanks. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's why I'm not on the worship team. But when our emotions, when our emotions pick up speed and we don't apply the brakes, that train just takes off. Runaway train, never coming back. Listen, you have the ability to apply the brakes. You have the ability to choose. It doesn't have to become a runaway thought and emotion inside your mind. It's okay to feel. It's okay that you feel the way you feel. But can I just ask you, just take a moment. Just take a moment and feel how you feel. Don't take the whole day. That day will turn into a week. And that week will turn into a month. And that month will turn into a year. And 10 years later, you can't get that train back to the depot because you have let your emotions run away with themselves. It's okay to feel. But take a moment. Apply the brakes. Step outside of how you feel and tell your brain what you're going to think. And Pastor Kerry helped us understand how to do this when he explained to us that our filter has got to be through the word of God. Our filter has got to be through the word of God. Joshua 1.8 says this, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that's written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Listen, God knew how powerful his word would be for you and for I to change our perspective and to help us see things differently and to make choices that will affect our thoughts that are happening inside of our brain. Insight, mindfulness, wisdom always comes through meditation of God's truth. And before you start creeping out and telling me you don't know how to meditate or you think that's weird, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. You just think about it. When we allow the Spirit of God to take up residence in our life, all of a sudden our soul, our mind is aligned with His Spirit. And we 
we begin to apply a new perspective to how we see things. It doesn't mean you won't feel them. I'm not telling you there's this like perfect uh, recipe to having a perfect life. No. James 1, 2 through 4, consider it pure joy when you face troubles. You're going to face them. You're going to feel all these different ranges of emotions. But God's word gives you a perspective that allows you to choose. If you're feeling angry because someone mistreated you, Proverbs 15, 1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. We have the ability to choose how we respond. Psalm 4, 4 says, be angry and do not sin. Ponder it in your own hearts, on your own bed, and be silent. What does that mean? It's okay that you feel angry. Take a moment. Don't talk to people about it. Don't be a gossip. Don't talk to everybody about it. Ponder it in your own heart, on your own bed. Punch it out with your pillow. Scream it out in your pillow. Get a punching bag in your room if you need to. Take a moment. It's okay to be angry. Just handle it the right way, like Scripture says. And then guess what? After you've taken your moment, Scripture also tells us we need to forgive. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I don't know about you, but I would like to be forgiven. I have much I need to be forgiven of, which means I need to forgive others. When I'm worried, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, be anxious about nothing. But in everything, pray, play the glad game, give thanks. Let your requests be made known to God and peace will surround your heart. When I'm fearful, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Listen, you're going to experience fear. A silly example, when Avery was just like 18 months old and I wanted to get anything done, I had to take her with me to go shopping. And I remember one day I was in Target and Avery was not the kind of kid that would sit still in a basket. And so if I was going to accomplish anything, I had to play this game with her where I would let her toddle around at my feet and hide underneath racks of clothes. Yes, I am that mother. Don't judge me. And, and so she would hide under these racks of clothes and then, boo, scare me and, ah, you know, the whole thing you do with your kids. And this one time I called for her to come. I had seen which rack of clothes she went under and she didn't come. And I peeled back the clothes and she wasn't there. And my first emotion was fear. Seems silly, but it's real. And I felt this kind of fear come over me, but I remembered the word of God. I felt fear. The feeling is real, but I had to apply perspective. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It doesn't mean I do nothing. Sound mind helps me make decisions in that moment. And I began to step back and keep my eyes on the front door, being wise and of sound mind, but choosing every single moment not to allow fear to penetrate my heart. And I called her name and I called her name and I, I looked everywhere. And finally I heard a giggle on a shelf behind boxes of diapers. And my creative child had decided to play hide and seek. We found her and all was resolved. The point of that story, as silly as it might be, is you're going to feel fear. But how you choose to respond is up to you. You're going to feel fear in situations that are outside of your control. We went on this safari ride when we were in Africa a year and a half ago. 
And we got to go on this incredible safari, and we had this brilliant guide who'd been doing this for forever. And the sun began to set, and we were making our way back to camp, and clouds began to roll in. And, and the storm began to rage, and rain began to fall. And I'm thinking, gosh, this is beautiful. And our guide had this kind of little bit of a nervous look on his face. And Pastor Kerry goes, should we be concerned? <laughs> and he said, well, we need to get back to camp. Because if the rain starts coming back down harder, the paths and the roads are going to turn into a mudslide and we're going to get stuck out here in the middle of the wilderness. And we don't want to be stuck in the middle of the wilderness with the lions and the tigers and the bears. Oh my, right? And so our guide floors it. Shana was with us and we're flying over these hills. And I mean, I'm telling you, it was like Indiana Jones ride on crack. Can I say that? It was. It was like you were... It was the best ride of my life. I was just like, yeah, come on. We're holding on. Rain is pelting us in the face. I'm like screaming and I'm laughing. I'm crying because I'm laughing so hard. It was so exciting. And and Carrie was like, I cannot believe that you were so excited on that ride. Because it was scary. And I thought, I trusted our guide. He was going to get us back to camp, okay? He knew what he was doing. He was driving fast to get us there. God is our guide. The word tells us he'll never leave us or forsake us. So that no matter what you're facing, even if the outcome could be really bleak, the Bible tells us God is with us. He will not leave us or forsake us. We choose. We choose. When I'm discouraged because what I'm believing for just hasn't happened yet, Proverbs 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. I'm running out of time. David, in the book of Psalm, if you read this book, you'd think, man, what is wrong with this man? He is always depressed. In fact, in one of the, one of the Psalms in chapter 42, I think it is, he says things like, I, I'm drowning in a bed of my own tears. He was having a hard time. He was pretty depressed. But David is known as a man after God's own heart. How is that? David had this ability to recognize that he had feelings. And he poured them out to God. He told God everything he was thinking and feeling. When he was angry, he told God he was angry. When he was depressed, he told God he was depressed. And man, he had some crazy language to describe it. But he always came back to this one thing. But God, I will trust you. But God, I will hope in you. For I will again praise you. Why? Because he knew he had to choose. He could either drown in his misery Or he could choose to rehearse his trust in God. Some of you in here today feel like you've been drowning in your misery. And I'm telling you, today is the day to begin to choose to rehearse your trust in God. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out the toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. And the good news is, It doesn't matter what has happened in your past. It doesn't matter how you have thought about things before. Every morning when you wake up, baby nerve cells have been born while you were sleeping. And they're at your disposal 
to be used in tearing down toxic thoughts and rebuilding healthy thoughts. It's called neurogenesis. And it totally is supported by Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 that says his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. Listen to me. It does not matter where you have been. It does not matter what your past experience has looked like. It does not matter what your pattern of thinking has looked like in the past. His mercies are new every morning. You can start today. It's not going to be easy. Some of you in this room hear what I'm saying. And you've gone, I get it. I'm supposed to put on the filter of scripture. I'm supposed to choose to think right thoughts. But I've tried that before, Megan. And it hasn't worked for me. Just don't stop. Take 63 days to form a habit. 63 days. It's actually a lot of time. So every day, choose. Every day, if it requires every hour, set an alarm on your phone that says renew your mind and causes you to stop and go, wait, how am I thinking about the situations I'm facing? I need to change my thinking to align with the scripture. If it requires you to change your thinking every single minute, just do it. Just do it. The Bible cannot lie. You are God's creation. You are created in his image. You have the capability to choose. You get to choose what kind of thoughts are being formed inside of your mind. Are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death? The choice is yours. And if you feel discouraged and you feel like you can't do it, just remember these little paper glasses. If I put them on, they fall off constantly. I just have to put them on again. Just keep choosing. Just keep choosing. Just keep applying the word of God. His mercy is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. You get to control how you feel. And if you'll align it with the word of God, I'm telling you, you can't go wrong. In fact, if you're still taking notes, throw that slide up there. I'm running out of time, I know. It says text word to the number that's on the screen. Some of you are in this room and you're like, I hear you saying I need to apply scripture, but I don't know scripture. I'm helping you out today. If you'll text word to the number on the screen, right to your phone, you're going to get a PDF that has tons of scriptures. It's at least a start. Print them out. Cut them out. Tape them all over your house. Tape them on the dashboard of your car. Put them in your wallet so that you can pull them out. Write them on your phone so that you can read them. Because you may have to choose every single day to control your thoughts. But if you will control them through the filter of the scripture and apply the word of your God to your life, I promise you, you cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong. He is faithful. He is faithful. And you are capable you are capable of overcoming this thing that you battled for so long. And that's for somebody here today. Listen, maybe you're here today and you hear the word that's spoken and you go, gosh, I get it. I'm like, I, that makes sense to me how our body is wired and, and how, how God created us in his image. But I just, I feel such a separation from God that I don't even know how to apply that truth to my life. And listen, if you're here today 
and you've never made a decision to say, God, I give you my life. I don't want you to leave here without having that opportunity because stuff is going to happen. Crazy is going to happen. You can't avoid it. But God has good plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, he's got good plans for you. Plans not to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He's got good things in store for you. And maybe today, the first step that you need to take is just acknowledging that he's real. That separation that you felt from God, it's a real thing because the Bible tells us that sin separates us from God. And we've all sinned, every single one of us. We all need forgiveness. But God had, and it says that sin separates us from from God. And when we're separated from God, we can't have relationship with him. But God wanted relationship with us so badly that he sent his only son, Jesus, to walk on this earth and to live a sinless life. And ultimately to be sacrificed and to give his life on a cross for you and for me to pay the penalty for our sin, for my sin and for yours. And because he paid that price, you and I have the ability, this bridge between us and God. And we're able to say, God, I surrender my life to you. And God's able to say, I've been right here waiting. And if you've never made a decision to give Jesus your life, to allow him to be in control, today's your day. So can I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes? If that's you here today, maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you faced so many troubles that has caused you to to doubt that God is really real. Maybe you've made so many poor decisions that you feel like you're undeserving. And it's true, we all are. But the Bible says Jesus stands at the door and knocks and that anyone who hears his voice and opens the door, that he will come in. God wants relationship with you. He wants to be with you, to walk you through all of the ups and downs that life throws you. For you to experience love like you've never experienced it before. So if that's you today, whether you've been running from God or whether you've never made a decision to surrender your life to him, Can I ask you to pray this prayer with me in your own heart and in your own mind? You don't have to pray out loud. This is between you and God. And I'm going to ask you to pray these simple words. Jesus, I know that I've sinned. And I felt so separated from you. But I know that you gave your life on that cross just for me to pay the penalty for my sin and my mistakes. And today I choose to give you my life. Now all over this room, if that's you, in your own heart, in your own mind, just say these simple words to Jesus. Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. 
please send us an email at info at the Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.